Welcome to Call Your Girlfriends, a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tussauds. And I'm Ann Friedman. On this week's agenda, our first take on the 2016 presidential race, or maybe the first of many takes, we talk about how much we love Planned Parenthood and why women are the most hardcore humans alive, plus free-bleeding period feminism and a user review of period underwear. How's it going? I'm sweating in my closet. I'm standing here in a sports bra. (laughs) Man, I am the opposite of sweating. The weather is nice. I mean, it's about to get even worse. I feel like all LA weather smugness ends uh, ends in late summer. But other than that, I am, I don't know, I'm just working. My no summer travel is really paying off, I feel. Man, my, yeah, my summer travel came to a halt last week, so I'm staying put for, I think, one more week. It's been good. It's been good. It's, there's nothing like sleeping in your own bed. Who knew? You know, I have fallen out of love with my bed recently. I feel like I have never in my life bought a quality mattress that is, like, for more than three years made me happy. My mattress is the most expensive thing I own, and it's the best investment I ever made. I mean... Maybe you would feel comfortable endorsing. If not, I will ask you offline for a recommendation. Oh, I bought it from a complete kook in New York, but he's the king of mattresses. (laughs) Wait, is he one of those guys that sells mattresses made of chopped up other mattresses? No, but um, this is a fancy brand. But I will tell you on New York Yelp, he's the only person that has five star ratings, like not a single bad one. Just this is his thing. He's just... He's really into mattresses. When I went to his like, showroom, I thought he was going to kill me because I was the only one there and you have to call for an appointment. What kind of business makes you make an appointment to come that's like, you know, not fancy clothes? I show up. I was really scared. The man sold me on it. He like sized me up and he was like, yeah, you're a side sleeper. And he showed me mattresses and I got one and it's the best. I spend so much money on this thing. I'm embarrassed. But it was, yeah, good investment. See, I had some fool tell me that I bought a good side sleeper mattress, too, and I can attest that that was a lie. That's because I'll give you some offline recommendations. Please, please do. From the low to high end. But, you know, (laughs) people are disrupting mattresses now, so I know a little about this. I'm not, you know, I also need new glasses. That's like the, the first, for me, like as poor as my eyes are, new glasses is an equal investment to a mattress almost, just in price. So... It's got a weight on my list of old lady big ticket items. Yeah, no, get a new mattress, change your life. Uh, <laughs> bought some new sheets. I'm doing great. <laughs> great. I mean, the sheets after. So once uh, a house guest of mine who shall remain nameless commented that my sheets were like appallingly low thread count. <laughs> Truth. 
It was not me, <laughs> for the record. I know, but I just, I'm just like, I don't feel I was raised to appreciate good sheets. That's wild. I will also send you some good sheet recommendations. Amanda Matos, core lady friend, sent me some good sheets the other day, and I'm actually sitting in them right now. It's perfect. Great. So I have a lot of shopping to do after this. What else is going on with you? Um, you know, not much. Uh, spent a lot of time yesterday with babies at the park and then saw hero Elton John. And it's just life changing. Did you cry during the Lady Die song? I mean, listen, I cried throughout all the songs. One, because, you know, period. But two, I went with the zero expectations. Somebody invited me last minute. I was not super excited going in. And then I just remembered. I was like, oh, wait, Elton John is amazing. (laughs) What am I thinking? And it was the best. Two hours earlier, Sam Smith played. So it was just like Sam Smith had opened for Elton John in my mind, which is perfect. Uh, The circle of life. That's what that is. Yeah, it was like a really solid Sunday overall, I will say. Excellent. I went swimming in my friend's parents' pool, which is an L.A. thing as well. And then I ate some bad dumplings. So I feel like I paid for all of my hedonistic pleasures with bad dumplings. Wait, you're um, saying that like swimming in your parents' friends' pool is an exclusively L.A. thing? Oh, my God. I Nowhere else I've lived have I known people whose parents have pools. This is just the only place. That is very sad. I'm glad that you're enjoying all of these things now. Iowa people don't have pools. Like, growing up, I didn't Okay, I think that that's a more realistic thing than saying that, like, it's an L.A. thing to go to your friends, like, parents. For me, it's an L.A. thing. I mean, I don't know. Friends, parents, I guess friends who grew up around D.C., I don't know any of them whose parents have pools. Maybe I was just never invited. It's okay. I would have invited you to the embassy pool parties. It's cool. (laughs) Okay, what are we talking about this week? What's on our agenda? I mean, basically the first of what I expect to be many, many 2016 presidential pre-race race conversations, <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. Tell me, did you watch the GOP debate? Oh my God, I didn't. And it was the best thing I did for myself all week. I just watched Netflix and like, you know, colored in my coloring book and made collages and then read all of the news in one sitting later that night slash the next morning. I'm on a long-term plan for staying calm throughout the whole 15 months to come. And I just, I can't leap right in with watching in real time. Counterpoint, I watched both (laughs) the JV losers debate and the actual debate. Because did you know this? There's so many people running for a Republican president. They had to have two different debates. I was aware of this. Um, The JV debate was amazing. And I'm so glad that I, I watched it. I like I've been talking so much shit about the 2016 election and how I don't want to be a part of it or whatever. And then two seconds into the JV debate, I was like, yes, <laughs> this is my heroine. We're back. Uh, I had so much fun. First of all, the Fox News website was broken. It was the only place where you could watch this garbage. And then they have the most terrible UX. So I had to find, like, some weirdo European stream, like, illegally streaming Fox News, which is great. Yeah, it was so depressing. It was, The whole thing is so depressing. But I laughed so hard. I was, like, all ten of these people really pretending that they can one day be our president, which is just not going to happen. It but just, was- like, cannot happen. But, like, it will be one of them. Like, is it, was that enough to scare you? Like, one of them has a shot. 
I mean, barely. <laughs> Not from, from like what you saw on TV. Like, it's impossible. And this is not even because I'm, like, a diehard Democrat, you know, because I have my problems with Democrats. But it was such a shit show. It was perfect. I had a very successful tweet that night. It's the first time I've been proud of a tweet of mine. (laughs) Would you like to read it for the record? I mean, it can't read it. It's literally, it was the hashtag GOP debate, and it was a picture of Barack Obama laughing next to a picture of Hillary Clinton laughing. (laughs) That shit performed really well for me. Because As it should. It was, yeah, it was madness. I have missed the election. I will, I will say this. That was a very delightful interlude. How do you feel about Megyn Kelly's new status as feminist hero? Yo. I'm, so I'm smirking. I will say this. I have always given Megyn Kelly props when she needed props. You know, like, she's beautiful. She has great legs. And she is, like, sharp as anything. And, you know, like, give props where props are due. I thought that everybody on Fox actually asked really tough questions. That was one thing I was really surprised by. I was like, oh, maybe these guys can do the Democrat debate too. (laughs) But (laughs) it's such a like hypocrite nonsense to watch all of these people double over and talk about, you know, like defending Megyn Kelly. Reminder, Megyn Kelly is a bad person. (laughs) She's very (laughs) smart, but she's a bad person. You know, like, granted, like, it was really childish and sexist for Donald Trump to say that she had blood coming out of her wherever. (laughs) But here's the thing. It's, like, especially these, like, Republican men that are coming to her defense, you know, like, LOL. (laughs) Like, who knew Red State was a bastion of feminism? I know, right? But here's the thing. I think that they're more offended that Donald Trump made a vagina comment than actual, like, you know, that they're upset about sexism. I mean, I think that's part of it, but I also think it's like, we have a pledge collectively to never be that overt about the fact that we hate women, and you broke the pledge, which makes it harder for all of us to enact our actual anti-woman agenda. That's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. Donald Trump is crazy. I'm fascinated. I've been reading all these old um, spy magazines. I ordered them from eBay to just kind of go back into Donald history. Cause I'm like, how long has he been a sideshow? And the answer is actually like forever. Forever. <laughs> this is, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, like I wasn't really aware of that. Spy is amazing. Like, what do they call him? Oh, a short fingered vulgarian. It's <laughs> the best, <laughs> the best, best, best. But the thing that's nuts is that he's still leading in the polls, which just goes to show your angry uncle who just wants like real talk. That guy's going to vote for Donald Trump. I mean, I feel like there are a lot of people who, especially at this stage, are like, oh, Donald Trump is the one name that I know that's not Hillary Clinton. I'm into it. I really think that that's part of what's at work here. Yeah. I saw a headline somewhere. I was too, like, sad to click on it about how Omarosa was endorsing Trump. I know. And that really hurt my feelings because... What if Omarosa was his running mate? What would you do? I I would just... (laughs) Listen, the biggest (laughs) struggle that I have right now is that Donald Trump in his store has an item that I want, namely the Make America Great Again hat. Oh, I have a tip for you. Our mutual friend Tim Hodgen ordered a knockoff version on eBay of that hat, which is delightfully even jankier than the Trump version. I... I want it so bad. I just want to make sure that none of my money goes to Trump, like at all, not even on accident. He sent a message and was like, can you guarantee that none of this money will go to Donald Trump? Okay. okay. So maybe inquire with him. Ugh. 
This would be this would be great. Some like Chinese person on eBay will sell it to me. Perfect. One hundred percent. I mean, his was so flammable. Like if you took a lighter to it, I'm sure the whole thing would melt instantly, which kind of added, <laughs> I feel, to its make America great again appeal. That's so perfect. See okay. if you can find one with a misspelling, maybe. <laughs> uh, make Amercia great again. <laughs> That's a throwback Mitt Romney joke for you. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, also, we should talk about what's happening with the Democrats. I mean, I don't know what's happening. You know, Bernie is running now, so (laughs) we don't know what's going on. I mean, I would say that Bernie and his non-response to the, well, in the short term, non-response to the Black Lives Matter protest at Netroots, followed by him adding a tab on his website that says racial justice is a pretty awesome triumph for Black Lives Matter in like the short term context of what does a non-political party social justice movement do during a political primary? I thought that was pretty awesome. I mean, except that yesterday he got protested again by Black Lives Matter activists and it's very unclear what it was specifically they wanted in that instance because he's the only Democratic candidate that actually has a social justice platform. Right. But I mean, you know, I want to be down for Bernie, but I don't really understand the point of Bernie. I don't like Martin O'Malley. Hills is complicated. Obviously, I love her for her, but you know, like there is history there. So I feel like with the Democrats, like nothing is going to happen for a while. I'm not invested until there's a real opponent, you know? But see, I feel like that's my point of view on the whole thing is that I'm going to be an enough of an observer that I understand my friends' hats when I see them on the weekend, but not so involved that my blood pressure is spiking every time I see a new offensive quote or I see a Democratic candidate ignoring like an activist movement or I don't know. I just feel like at a certain point it's going to get not ignorable. That's not a word. Um, but but and I don't feel like I'm there yet. I'm biding my time. Yeah, it's it's coming. It's coming. America is the most ridiculous place. It's like people don't even vote, but somehow they rerun campaigns for like two years at a time. It makes no sense. And still ma- don't manage to convince people to vote. Yeah. It slash makes, enable them. It makes no sense. I will say the one thing that you've been missing if you're not following the campaign, some of the Hillary emails are the jam. Like oh, every, fill me time, in. every time they release her, you know, because she had a private server, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, who knows the the legalities of that thing. But so anyway, she has to release all of her private email. And they have a timetable. I think now it's, like, every six weeks or something through January. Oh, right. And she missed a deadline. Yeah. You know, because that's not shady. Uh, But (laughs) some of the emails are gold. Like, last time there was one where it's, like, literally her and Huma just having a back and forth about how you work a fax machine. It was great. (laughs) Wait, who was explaining to whom the fax machine instruction? So I think Hillary had, like, a conference call and she was, like, they're not picking up and Huma's like just hang up the facts <laughs> and you were like oh my god I've had this exact exchange with my boss before and you could tell like Huma was just getting so frustrated like just drop the facts and this other one I think in this recent one it was like there's an email from Patty Solis like sending Hillary a video of herself and she goes shake your tail feather <laughs> so I will say you're missing some gems Ugh. Yes. And this is why I, just, I feel like I rely on 
friends and social media to bring me what I really need until I go deep and actually start checking political news first thing in the morning. Yeah, it's like the only thing, you know, that like made my blood pressure rise recently was obviously the Planned Parenthood attacks. Oh my God. You know, that stuff will get me out of bed any day. And I was really disappointed that like Planned Parenthood felt like they had to explain themselves over and over and over again. For people who don't know, this like conservative group basically released a series of videos showing Planned Parenthood providers discussing with doctors like fetal tissue. And with every video, it looked more and more graphic, you know, but it's like, hello, this is how we do medical research. So, you know. Did you see that, um, well, various news outlets have attempted to contact the science, all the scientists and researchers who are registered to use fetal tissue in their research, and none of them will speak on the record. Yeah, because it's such a polarizing issue. But I just, I feel like you need people in the scientific community to say, listen, this is actually something that's legal. And here is the result. Like, here's the positive research that comes yeah, from like us Mitch using Yeah, like Mitch McConnell this. voted for the legislation that makes that stuff possible. You right. know, like big Republican honcho, Mitch McConnell. But it's, it's so frustrating that, you know, this conservative group was basically able to be like, oh, look, abortion is yucky. So therefore you shouldn't be, you shouldn't support it. And so many people were turned off by that. It's like such a reminder that women just deal with so much viscera that like we're not, we're not grossed out because it's our bodies. But for everybody else, you know, I saw a lot of like liberal dudes just being like, oh my God, look at the arm, look at the bone, look, you know, like it looks like a fetus. And I'm like, well, when you're like passing blood clots on the regular that are the size of your fist, you learn to, you know, that stuff isn't weird for you. Yeah. I mean, and also, you know what else is gross to see videos of? Knee surgery and like any other procedure that is, you know, the human body open and being real. And it's not just, you know, the kind of what I actually feel like Planned Parenthood opponents would would call a gross out over the issue or legality of abortion. It's just like human viscera is hard to look at. Yeah, I don't know. One of our mutual lady friends sent me a picture of her fibroids, her uterine fibroids, and I was literally shocked. That was that was the first time that like a body thing has shocked me in a long time. By the size? Yeah, one of them was the size of a grapefruit. That, oh. You know, and she had like um she had like more than ten of them. Wow. And they're all in your uterus. And my first question is, is this a normal amount of fibroids to have? And the answer is like, yes, absolutely. This is a normal amount of fibroids. Like in my head, like when you have a fibroid, it's like literally one, you know, like I was thinking like a cyst. This Mm -hmm. is the thing. No, these suckers just like grow in your uterine walls and they're ginormous. Yeah, the the grapefruit one was like two pounds. And she had, yeah, she had like dozens of them in her body. And just, like, living her life. I was like, women are hardcore. So hardcore. Women are so hardcore. And this, like, ties really well into this, like, great piece that Rebecca Tracer wrote in New York Magazine about, you know, how women already know how all this stuff works. Abortion, pregnancy, like, viscera. It's our body. We know. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I feel like speaking about it in a way, I mean, yeah, it's our body and we know, but like, also you should be able to say, 
I want to live in a world where you're like, oh, yeah, my friend had some uterine fibroids removed. And I because women are comfortable talking about their bodies, I already know that that means some crazy shit went down in her uterus because like I'm familiar because <laughs> women are talking about it. No, I right. Live in that world. No, absolutely. And in her piece, like she, ma- you know, she makes this point of talking about like the first time that she a friend joked about like period chunks. So she was in high school mm-hmm. and then just the whole cycle that women go through anything from like stillbirths to abortions and you know like out of control breathing like we've seen it all we've seen it all like we know about discharge it's not weird to us so trying to you know gross us out by telling us that our bodies is gross like that shit's not gonna work right exactly it's one of those things too where the alternative is often grosser i wish planned parenthood would just be like yeah it's gross sometimes (laughs) yeah right like bodies are gross just deal with it yeah sometimes abortion is kind of gross yeah, that's like basically, yeah, the end of this this piece. It's like abortions are yucky. A lot of life is yucky. That's, you know, like shoulder shrug. Right. It made me so angry. So like for that, at least, whenever that sort of stuff happens during the election, like my ears perk up really fast. I'm such a huge supporter of Planned Parenthood. After college, I was very poor and had no health insurance and Planned Parenthood literally kept me alive. And it's some of the best medical care I've ever received. And I think it's such garbage that is like men always want to defund it and they don't actually know the role that it serves in our lives. Right. I mean, I remember having conversations about this when the Affordable Care Act was being debated about essentially like much, much of preventive care for women is not an option. And at the time, I think it was being talked about in terms of oh, shouldn't women pay higher premiums then because they're in more regular contact? But I am sort of like, no, like needing to see a doctor regularly is sometimes just what it means to be a woman. Yep. Yeah. Ugh. On that note. <laughs> on that note, let's, let's, let's carry on with the period talk. Oh my god, this week in menstruation, everybody wants us to discuss the free bleeding marathon runner. That lady is hardcore, but I have a lot of questions. I have so many questions. Can you explain to people who the free bleeding lady is? Because somebody said that she was a drummer for MIA, and I really need to get to the bottom of that. Okay, so I also saw this, but it was on Tumblr, so you can't verify exactly, that. Exactly, right? <laughs> I'm just like, the teens said. Right. I'm like, I did not see this anywhere. Her... First person account is what I'm looking at right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, People Magazine says she is a drummer for MIM. Oh my God. If it's well, people, it's real. <laughs> this is something that, you know, my sister is a marathon runner. She runs multiple marathons a year. And I am ashamed to admit it never once occurred to me to say, huh, what happens if you have trained for months for this marathon and you show up on the day and it happens to be day two of your period and you are forced to do this thing that's already kind of difficult while wearing a bunch of cotton up there. And this woman was like, I just won't. I'm just going to run. And she said, let's see. I ran through my options. Running 26.2 miles with a wad of cotton wedged between my legs just seemed so absurd. I honestly didn't know what to do. Basically, she decided to just take a Midol, hope I wouldn't cramp, bleed freely, and just run. (laughs) She was wearing red, which seems... (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. I love the picture of her, like the pictures of her throughout the marathon where they're just like, you know, you just see like the blood at the crotch level. It's mm-hmm. amazing. But I, you know, I'm like, as somebody who is a heavy bleeder, I don't think that's a possibility for me. I'm just like, lady, like who, who knew that you could, you could make it look so effortless. I feel like people who run marathons, I already don't understand some of their, I don't know, bodily points of endurance and how they do it. And maybe this is just a separate, a separate thing. Although she, there's this part where she runs past her dad and her brother who are like watching. And she <laughs> says, I kept trying to awkwardly pull my shirt down to my knees so they wouldn't see that I was bleeding. But as I approached them, I realized they just wanted to scream and hug and take a photo and celebrate together, which I feel is a similar lesson to free boobin. Yeah, no, it's real. Yeah. You know, it's like more power to this lady. I just, you know, it's like big chunks of McGee over here. I don't think it's possible I could do that yeah. ever at all. But that's like pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. And like the photo of her at the finish is also incredible. Yeah. Um, and I hope every like girl who has just started getting her period and has been either horrified by staining her skirt or pants or whatever... Um, or is like, you know, terrified by the idea, sees this photo and is like, oh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, but at the same time I was like, man, that is a ruined pair of pants. Like that's true. Can't go nowhere. But also, do you know what happens to pants that you run marathons in like gross things? So maybe it was a one wear situation. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's definitely a one wear situation. You know what though? I was somebody that I was talking to the other day though, a woman of color was telling me that she is really tired of like period talk because she perceives it as like being a very like white thing to do. To talk about periods. To talk about you know, to like really elevate like period feminism. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, oh, this is a perspective I'd actually never considered and talking about how, you know, she was like, she's like, I suspect that for a lot of white women, like your period is the first time that, you know, you're told that your body is being transgressive or whatever. Hmm. And that that's not true in her experience and for a lot of people. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Something I had not considered. Did you relate to that? I felt, I mean, it, it hit me really hard and I was like, no, you're right. Because I, you know. I own, that's why I was really into the the marathon runner because she was a woman of color because mm-hmm. I, you know, if I'm really honest the people in my life that are really into like period just yeah the period feminism are always white it's always like some right. white girl doing an art project with her tampons and so whenever I see like women of color talk about it I get really excited but yeah it was just like a different perspective for me and it was like something to be mindful of yeah I mean I feel of the of these sort of projects that we've talked about that highlight that are definitely art projects, but that somehow deal with menstruation. I, I feel like there have been a number of them by women of color, like the the Instagram series. Yeah, the Instagram project. Um, yeah. And there are, I mean, I can't recall the full list, but like, but that is a super interesting point. It, it's also might be something not just about the first time you feel, you know, shamed because of your body or threatened because of your body, but, you know, ongoing in life that even as an adult, you feel like it's, one of the only things about your physical self that is shameful or like judged by society. And so, wow, she should, I mean, maybe I'll look, maybe someone has written about this. I would love to read about it. Somebody has, I will send it to you and post it on our thing. But anyway, more power to the like marathon runner. Cause 
I can barely walk when I'm on my period. So the thought of like running 26.2 miles is insane. Yeah. I mean, incredible, incredible woman. And uh, also like women so strong at the finish line with lots of other ladies. So we can call it shine theory too. I'm just going to call it that. Yeah, no, most definitely. I mean, she said we ran in sisterhood. So like, obviously. Yeah, most, most definitely. This is amazing. Oh, amazing. Incredible. So we've gotten lots of requests to talk about period underwear, specifically a brand called Thinks, because I think they've been doing a lot of advertising or have gotten some media attention lately. And as it turns out, we've already discussed this a few episodes ago. But what has changed since then is that one of our friends has given these a try, and we sat down to talk to her about it. So here I am chatting with our mutual friend Carrie about her period underwear user experience. So we're here with producer... Hi, I'm Gina. And our friend Carrie. Hi. Uh, talking about two different brands of period underwear that uh, Carrie has given like a very extensive day two menstrual bleed try. And I have given like a really light day kind of half-hearted like, you know, experiment <laughs> with. Um, so the ones that I tried very briefly are a brand called Dear Kate's, which are a little bit more swimsuit-like, don't really have the lace trim to be totally frank, don't really look like underwear that I would wear if I were not menstruating. And the inside is not cotton lined the whole way up. It is just the between the legs portion that is sort of extra reinforced. But everything else, um, it's sort of like that nylon-y fabric against your skin. Carrie, tell me what inspired you to order these period panties. I have really heavy periods and I often bleed through and ruin my clothes. So I was like, what the, what the hell? I think I might need this. I'd also recently talked with a friend who was like really having a problem with this issue mm-hmm. of ruining clothes and she's a teacher. They're a little bit expensive, but yeah, I ended up liking it. Okay, I have so many questions. Tell me on like the gnarliest day of your period. I don't know, day two. What is the gnarliest day of your period? Two? Yeah, she's nodding and holding up two fingers. (laughs) Day two. Could these panties that, like, I have to say, they're, like, lined with cotton on the inside. They're kind of plasticky on the outside. But, like... They're not... They're, like, a set... What is it? Nylon? 100% polyester. Um, So could, could these cheeky, light days, size medium panties hold up to day two flow? Please describe. Let me tell you. So... I did not wear a tampon at all. I wore these, but I did change it out halfway through. So, like, they didn't take me through a whole entire day. And I work from home these days. This particular day, I was definitely working from home, thank God. But they totally held up. So was there, like, blood? Like, I'm going to get real. Was there, like, blood running down your thighs? Never. Never, never, never blood on my thighs. No blood got on my thighs at all. Like, I didn't even really... I, I saw blood in the bottom of the underwear a time or two. Mm -hmm. But I didn't even really feel that. I mean, I felt like wet-ish, I guess, you know, but not terrible. Okay, wait, so did you just spend this experiment day? Did you just spend the entire day, like, going to the bathroom and checking, like, status update? Because I feel like I would be like, oh my god, I'm going to lose track of time, and then all of a sudden I'm sitting in a puddle. I pee a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You hydrate well during your workday. 100%, and I kind of, like, especially when I'm on my period, I think I pee a lot. Other other than sort of maybe nervousness about 
potential bleed through, how would you rate the overall comfort? Because I have a different brand here that I received that they're almost like those plastic things that you put over a baby's diaper when you put them in the pool or something. They have this plasticky coating on parts of them. And I just felt like maybe I would not have to wear a tampon, but also then I would probably get a yeast infection or something like this shit does not breathe. So interested in overall comfort, how many out of five stars for comfort? I honestly will say five stars. Like I found them to be very, very comfortable. I don't think I'm like tampon free or anything, but on like a light day, I would just wear this for sure. Mm-hmm. Would you abandon the panty liner? Yes. And I've been, I like hate, I fucking hate panty you too why are they the worst why like are they either too sticky like it's like gross shit in your underwear or it's not sticky enough and you're like repositioning that slash your butt is eating it it's the worst (laughs) like they are the worst (laughs) like i don't want to wear a thick like thick ass pad no fucking way but i but a panty liner is like super necessary i unfortunately i'm but i'm very into finding some way to around that because i think they're gross awesome Thanks, Carrie. You're welcome. You can find us many places on the internet, on iTunes, uh, where you can feel free to leave us a review, on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com, on Twitter, at callyrgf. And I believe that's it. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Oh, wait, did you shout out to our podcast witch? um, And shout out to (laughs) our podcast producer, Gina Delva. Yeah, see you on the internet. See you on the internet.